It is an honor and a great pleasure to be with you tonight. I'm grateful to Kol Torah Metzion to inviting me to be able to share words of Torah with you. And hopefully this learning starts, of course, before Shavuos, but hopefully it will usher in a period that will continue through Shavuos, wherever we are, with whomever we are, in intense learning, each person according to their level, each person according to their ability. Avi Marcus is one of the directors of United Hatzalah in Israel. And he, together with hundreds of medics, was in Meron, on Lagba Omer, treating the wounded in that terrible tragedy. A few days after that, he gave an interview and he said that there was one moment that has been playing over and over in his mind. It is the moment that he realized that this was a mass casualty event and he realized that he had to start the calculation that he had been trained for. And he demonstrated in this interview by pointing his finger at a line of people and instructing, leave, 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 go to the next person. He said, I realized we couldn't help the people that were unconscious or not breathing. And I had to instruct the medics to stop performing CPR on them as there were more people breathing who needed help. He said he was sure it was the right decision and one that ultimately saved lives. But it doesn't take away the trauma he still feels at having to make the call. He said it's very hard and a traumatizing feeling to make that decision. I felt like a hangman making decisions I should not have needed to make. Closer to home, just a couple of weeks ago in Toronto, an ambulance drew up to a hospital. The crew had a man who had suffered a heart attack, but there were no ICU beds. The hospital staff had to make use of the triage protocol. Basically, they gave the family a chance to say goodbye over Skype and the man passed away. He survived a heart attack only to be triaged out of a chance because the ICUs at that moment in Toronto were full with people suffering from COVID. That's two weeks ago in Toronto. The problem of how to allocate scarce medical resources has been addressed in Halakha Jewish law since the time of the Gemara. This year, the context of COVID deals with the question of vaccines, ventilators, who has priority? 
And after all the sources and all the proofs and all the analysis and all of the piske halacha and codes of Jewish law and responsum on Jewish medical ethics, listen please to the words of one of the greatest halakhic authorities in the previous generation, a person who was an actual brilliant expert in the area of Jewish medical ethics relied on all over the world, in addition to every other area of Jewish law, Rabbi Shlomo Zaman Arbach. He once wrote, when he was posed this question, I can assure you, I am not setting firm guidelines regarding triage, since the questions are very severe and I don't know of clear proofs for them. If Shlomo Zaman Arbach says he doesn't know, then we're all in trouble. And the possibilities that are suggested by halachic sources and by secular sources are many and contradictory. First come, first serve is one approach. Another approach is help the person who is in most danger, the most sick. Another approach says, no, help the person first who has the greatest chance to be saved. Give priority to the person or persons who are most needed by society. And who is that? Is it medical professionals? Is it military? Is it certain leaders? There are sources in Jewish law, classical Jewish law, for every single one of these positions and more. And many of the sources that are quoted can actually be interpreted in more than one way. And so what I want to do very briefly tonight is to demonstrate with you the complexity of how to approach this issue with just two related sources. These two sources are often quoted in this debate in halakhic literature, and they are quoted leading to more than one possible conclusion. Let's start with the Mishnah in Masech Gitin. Mem Hey Amad Aleph 45a, the Mishnah says, Ein podin eshashvuyin yeser al kadei demehen. Don't redeem a captive for more than the normal amount of ransom. First of all, it's quite shocking and horrifying that at the time of the Gemara, there was such a thing as a normal rate for ransom of captives. Of course, if you couldn't come up with the ransom, that means the person's life was in danger, could be taken. So such a thing as a normal ransom, that could be paid. But aim yes, You can't pay an exorbitant ransom. 
That means that a community or maybe even an individual family member might have the money to ransom this person and yet the halacha says, no, don't do it. Which means, of course, that person's life is being sacrificed. For us who believe that the infinite value of every moment of every life, how is it possible we could allow someone who has been captured to lose their life, to be sacrificed, when we could ransom them possibly? Says the Mishnah, because of the benefit to society. The Gemara explains that if we pay an exorbitant ransom, the effect is that it will incentivize more people to take hostages and more people's lives will be in danger. So that means that there's one life in danger now. Saving that life may put more lives in danger later by incentivizing future kidnapping. For the betterment of society, it is better for society to allow that one person, Nebel, God forbid, to be killed for the greater benefit to society. It seems from this source, that each society has the right to decide what is in its best interest. Maybe a society will decide saving the greatest number of people will be its priority. So it will treat those with the best outcome. Maybe it means to decide who we want to honor the most respect the most. Maybe it means people who are older. Maybe it means those people that are most needed by the society in the context of a pandemic. Maybe it's medical personnel. In the context of a military issue, maybe it's military personnel. But this Mishnah clearly says that the community has the, not only the right, but the obligation to make a choice that is not in the best interest of any given individual, but in the best interest of society. Just a few pages later. The Gemara tells a story. This story happened shortly after the destruction of the second base Amigdash, the Churban Bayasheni, at the hands of the Romans. You know, of course, that the Romans took many prisoners, slaves, back with them to Rome. Says the Gemara, Maizab Rabbi Yeshua ben Chanania, Shahalach Lakrach Godol Shabaromi. Once it happened that Rabbi Yeshua went to Rome and he heard that there was a young Jewish boy who was being held captive. And he went to meet this boy 
and he was very impressed with this boy. Omar, he said about this boy, Yisrael. I am certain that if this boy is able to escape from this captivity, if his life would be saved, he will grow up to be a great teacher, a great rabbi within the Jewish people. And then he said, Ho'avoda, I swear, he said, I will spend any amount of money in order to ransom this captive. And the Gemara says that he did so. And this young man did grow up to be one of the greatest sages and scholars of the Jewish people. Umanu, and what is his name? Rabbi Yishmael ben Elisha, the great Rabbi Yishmael, the contemporary of Rabbi Akiva. Hundreds and hundreds of halachos and teachings we have from Rabbi Yishmael. They all would have been lost had he remained in captivity. But here's the problem. The story seems to contradict the Mishnah. Because the story says that Rabbi Yeshua did choose one person and paid an exorbitant amount for that one person to be freed. Even though, by paying the exorbitant ransom, it puts more people in danger. Maybe the story means to teach us that we are allowed to choose one individual. Let's say, for example, one very elderly person even if it will not be the greatest benefit to society at large. Well, so now it appears we have two sources in the Gemara, the Mishnah and the story. They appear to contradict each other. Okay? If they contradict each other, according to which is the Halakha? There is no clear indication. The Gemara doesn't tell us. The codes of law don't tell us. So we're left with a situation where there are two sources, a Mishnah and a story. It appears that they're contradictory. And we don't know what the conclusion is. But we're not finished. Because there's another possibility. Perhaps the two passages are not arguing. The Mishnah says you have to make the decision based on what's best for society as a whole, not for any one individual. What did Rabbi Yeshua do? He saved this boy Yishmael. Why? Maybe Rabbi Yeshua's thinking was, this is tikkun ha'olam. This is what society needs. In the aftermath of the destruction of the Second Temple, the chaos of the Jewish people, the lack of leadership, maybe the Jewish people needed a great scholar more than a collection of other individuals. Maybe that was his thinking. Maybe the story is actually saying the same thing as the Mishnah. But we don't know.
Can tikkun ha'olam, the benefit of society, be a spiritual benefit? Or is it just a physical benefit in terms of saving lives? The Gemara doesn't tell us. It's unclear. And you should know that even among contemporary halakhic authorities today, there are different poskim who come to different conclusions, practically speaking, from these two passages in the Gemara and Gita. So let's return to Avi Marcus. Because here's the important point for us. Whatever you decide, besides the major impact of those who will be treated and, God forbid, will not be treated, that's literally a question of life and death. There is also the trauma of making such a decision that remains for those who made it and for those who rely on it. And we know very well, just like the medics in Hatzalah, doctors in hospitals that have to deal with triage suffer tremendous trauma, sometimes for years because they were in the position, as Avi said, of being the hangman, God forbid, the one who decided who will live and who will die. Practically speaking, for us, the most important thing that we can do is to put in our effort to avoid coming to this point. In the case, God forbid, of a sudden catastrophe, it's not possible. But in the context of COVID, we must strictly observe precautions. Every one of us must get a vaccine and a second vaccine as soon as we are able to, even if the situation is now improving here in Montreal and we pray that it is actually improving. But we should know by now, the situation can change very rapidly. And even if we are not concerned for ourselves, we have an obligation to be concerned with tikkun ha'olam, with the benefit of society, even if I'm not so sure I need it. But it's clear that society needs it. According to the Mishnah, the need for society to be safe and secure takes precedence over my own personal opinion and my own personal needs. That's the outcome we have to remember. Emir Tashem, with God's help, this subject should remain for us a theoretical subject, a fascinating subject, a difficult, thorny problem, but theoretical nonetheless. Emir Tashem.
But we have to realize these difficult questions do arise. And here, there is simply no clear answer. My friends, I invite you to continue learning about this subject. There are many, many sources. There are many articles circulating from halakhic authorities that discuss various criteria. And I invite you to learn and look further into this. I want to thank all of you for joining today. And I want to express my gratitude to Kol Mitzion for allowing me to share this. And I want to wish every one of you a very happy, joyous Shavuos.